transition back, of course. Uh, just a reminder of a couple things, and then we'll take offering. And while we take offering, we will watch the video we watched last week uh, talking about the Hero's Trail, uh, the Hero's Journey. Introducing that to you again, uh, since there's 12 steps of that. I uh, thought maybe seeing it again would probably help. Uh, and it's a fun little video. Uh, but a couple things before we do that. Tonight is Taste of New Life. Please stay, eat. Uh, we will be showing the Avengers during that. So if you would like to sit and watch uh, the movie or watch part of it, you're welcome to do that. Um, I think they're going to play it in here in, in the coffee shop as well. Uh, so that, that will be playing as well. So if you haven't had a chance to see it or haven't seen it in a while, uh, you can watch that again. Um, if you are new tonight, if uh, you have not filled out one of these Connect cards, this is a great opportunity to do that uh, while I'm talking, while the video is going on. Uh, just give us some information so we can get connected with you, but there's also ways, questions you may have, prayer concerns, another way to give us prayer concerns, uh, ways to give us some um, needs that you may have or some ways that you would like to serve. We're always looking, we always need um, people to serve in various different roles in the congregation. Uh, and there's obviously new opportunities with our relationship with Sherlin to serve uh, on Sunday as well or during the week. Uh, so let us know if any interest you have. Uh, we can probably find a place for you um, with that. So the golf outing is on the 28th of September. Please mark that on your calendar. If you play golf, we have sign-up sheets out front, um, pick up a sign-up sheet, try to get some other people to come. This is a great opportunity not only for a fundraiser, but also for you to incorporate some of your outside connections to our congregation. So if you have friends that play golf that may not go to church, what a wonderful opportunity to connect them to us in another way. Um, uh, so sign up for that. The uh, price is 60 uh, per person. That includes a cart. Uh, that is more than you would normally pay because this is a fundraiser. That's how that works. Uh, so $60 a person, a whole, or not a whole, a person. Woo! It's expensive. Got to have big, big, uh, big wallets. No, $60 uh, for 18 holes on a golf cart. Uh, we are also looking for whole sponsors. So if you have organizations or businesses that you know, you can bring a form. We have a form out front. Um, pick one up and you can bring them. They can sponsor a hole or, or several holes or half of a hole or, or anything else to get their name out there and also to raise money for Imagine No Malaria. Uh, so encourage you. If you do not play golf um, but want to be there, there are going to be things for you to do. We're going to be doing some um, giveaways and some um, door prize kind of stuff uh, and also have uh, some things that we need to do um, there while we're there to um, be hospitable uh, and also share. So uh, please uh, get involved in that. Aviators game, come a little early. Uh, try to get there maybe around 6.30 and we'll try to sit in the same section Although even if we don't get placed in the same section, I'm going to tell you it's probably not going to be a big issue just to move because <laughs> um, they usually are not sold out um, and they're not doing particularly well this year. So I don't think that's going to be a, a big issue um, for us. So, uh, but come and that's an an another opportunity to bring some people from outside your church life uh, into our congregation to get to know them outside of church. Uh, make sure you mark October 19th, Crop Walk. Charlie uh, will talk about that in the coming weeks. So, uh, as we enter into our time of offering, um, we're going to watch this video again, and I'll ask these guys to take offering, uh, learn a little bit more about the hero's journey. 
What do Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo all have in common with the heroes of ancient myths? What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling dozens of stories and explaining how each represents the monomyth or hero's journey. So, what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. The journey begins and ends in the hero's ordinary world, but the quest passes through an unfamiliar, special world. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo, that's where we start. One o'clock, call to adventure. The hero receives a mysterious message, an invitation, a challenge. Two o'clock, assistance. The hero needs some help, probably from someone older, wiser. Three o'clock, departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world and adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. Four o'clock, trials. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. Five o'clock, approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. Six o'clock, crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death and possibly even dies, only to be reborn. Seven o'clock, treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition or power. Eight o'clock, result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero, or do they chase him as he flees from the special world? Nine o'clock, return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. Ten o'clock, new life. This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. Eleven o'clock, resolution. All the tangled plot lines get straightened out. Twelve o'clock, status quo, but upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. Many popular books and movies follow this ancient formula pretty closely, but let's see how well The Hunger Games fits the hero's journey template. When does Katniss Everdeen hear a call to adventure that gets the story moving? When her sister's name is called from the lottery? How about assistance? Is anyone going to help her on her adventure? Hey, Mitch. What about departure? Does she leave her ordinary world? She gets on a train to the capital. Okay, so you get the idea. What do you have in common with Harry Potter, Katniss Everdeen, and Frodo? Well, you're human, just like them. The hero's journey myth exists in all human cultures and keeps getting updated because we humans reflect on our world through symbolic stories of our own lives. You leave your comfort zone, have an experience that transforms you, and then you recover and do it again. You don't literally slay dragons or fight Voldemort. But you face problems just as scary. Joseph Campbell said, "In the cave you fear to enter lies the treasure you seek." What is the symbolic cave you fear to enter? Auditions for the school play, baseball tryouts, love. Watch for this formula in books, movies, and TV shows you come across. You will certainly see it again. But also be sensitive to it in your own life. Listen for your call to adventure. Accept the challenge. 
Conquer your fear and claim the treasure you seek. And then do it all over again. Let's have a word of prayer as we transition now to our forming time. Lord, we thank You for this opportunity to gather together today. We ask that You open our hearts and our minds that we may truly hear Your Word as You're speaking it to us, that You may show us uh, this pattern of many patterns, uh, how this plays out in our life and how You are present in it. Pray these holy things in Your name. Amen. I want to welcome you again to New Life. I'm Mark Myers, the teaching pastor, and I want to welcome all of those joining us online through our podcast and through our website at www.findnewlifeumc.org. If you'd like to, Todd. People have called me a lot worse. So last week, uh, we introduced this idea of the hero's journey, uh, which was originally written down by Joseph Campbell in his book, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And his idea was that among all of the ancient hero stories, among all of the ancient hero myths, there was actually one story, that there was one monomyth that he called the hero's journey, that this cycle or this pattern played out over and over and over again. I believe that this is not only important as we look at things in stories, but also as we look in our faith journey and how we work as people of faith and how we work as a community of faith. So last week we talked about the first phase, and the first phase is the first kind of third of that cycle. There's 12 parts in that video, so the first third, or or excuse me, the first fourth of that. And that is the call to adventure. The heroes living their life, that status quo, suddenly they receive a call, call to adventure, they answer that call, receive some assistance, assistance, and then they depart to an unknown or extraordinary world. Now that brings us to the second phase of our time, which is departure. The hero's journey moves the hero from the ordinary world to an extraordinary or special world. The departure is the phase that bridges these two worlds. Now it also comes with a road of many trials and ultimately an approach towards the hero's greatest fear or challenge. So as we look tonight how this plays out, uh, we're going to start by looking in the movie that we're looking over these uh, first few weeks, which is The Avengers. Then we're going to look at the Bible, and then we're going to look how it plays out in our lives. So first, let's look at The Avengers. We're going to use the movie The Avengers throughout this entire series. Last week, we saw how The Avengers began their journey. We had the Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner. We had Captain America, Steve Rogers. We had Tony Stark, Iron Man. And we had... Who else? I always forget. I'm terrible with lists. I'm like a politician. And we had Thor, who is Thor. He, he's not technically in the movie at that point, but they were all doing things, living status quo, living their lives, even as superheroes. They were living their lives. When they were called to adventure, various agents from S.H.I.E.L.D. came and said, listen, this evil guy Loki has stolen a powerful artifact, and if we don't get it back, the whole world may be messed up. That was the call to adventure. Status quo, call to adventure. They received help from various S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and that brings us to departure. Now this is 
one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And I think this is a perfect departure scene. At this point in the movie, we have uh, Captain America and the Hulk are on their way to see what's going on. They've been invited by S.H.I.E.L.D. to start this adventure. And now we're going to see how they depart from their ordinary world into a world that is extraordinary. They're starting the face trace. See you there. There's quite the buzz around here finding you in the ice. I thought Coulson was going to swoon. Did he ask you to sign his Captain America trading cards yet? Trading cards? They're vintage. He's very proud. Dr. Banner. Oh, yeah, hi. They told me you'd be coming. Word is you can find the cube. Is that the only word on me? Only word I care about. Must be strange for you, all of this. Well, this is actually kind of familiar. Gentlemen, you may want to step inside in a minute. It's going to get a little hard to breathe. Is this a submarine? Really? They want me in a submerged pressurized metal container? of dialogue there that uh, you may have missed Bruce Banner says to Captain America this must seem strange to you 
Captain America says, no, this is actually pretty familiar. See, they thought they were experiencing something normal. Being on an aircraft carrier for most of us is not normal, but for a superhero, doesn't seem that extraordinary. Captain America was obviously in the Army, so there was something familiar about being on an aircraft carrier. And even as they noticed something was changing, the first thought that came to their mind was, oh, geez, is this thing going underwater? It was not the theoretically impossibility of a flying aircraft carrier. Yes, there's all kinds of things about how that's technically impossible. So it's not in the realm of your mind that this aircraft carrier is going to fly and then disappear. They departed into something that was unknown to them. Even with all the strange and exciting things that they had seen, they did not expect a flying aircraft carrier. Who would? So their journey to a special world begins. Now as the film continues, we have our heroes encountering many trials. Now they fight eventually Loki, who's the bad guy of the film, or the main villain of the film. And that certainly is a trial, but over the course of the next 45 minutes, hour of the film, the majority of trials that they face are, etern- are internal, within the group. Thor shows up after a while, after they catch Loki. Iron Man and Captain America immediately start fighting with Thor. They figure all that out. They come back to the helicarrier, and they start fighting with each other. They start getting paranoid about what shield is hiding from them about what each other are hiding about them why they were invited here in the first place what really is going on and the trials very interestingly are all internal and then they have an approach a fear of something really going wrong they were paranoid that loki was setting them up that he was really trying to trick them they were paranoid that shield was hiding something from them and that's what happened Loki tricks them, Shield's hiding something from them, and the aircraft carrier gets attacked. And that will bring us into the next phase that we'll talk about next week. But that's how phase two plays out in film. Uh, Jennifer and I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It's pretty textbook in terms of this whole thing. You could go through part by part and and, and many of these other things again. Um, So it's continuously played out, played out. So let's turn to the Bible. Uh, And what we're going to look at in the Bible is we're not going to look at one story throughout the four weeks. We're going to look at some different stories. Because in any story, all 12 of these things may not play out exactly as are. And especially as we get into our lives, um, it will not play out exactly as is. But in a lot of books and films, it certainly does play out, you know, number by number. So today I want to look at the story of Joseph. Joseph was a young man who lived in the wilderness with his family, Jacob, and his ten older brothers. Joseph, when he was a young man, was called by God through a series of dreams and visions. I probably should have kept his mouth shut, but as a young person often does, he shared all these wonderful visions about how he would be great and all of his siblings would be not great. That's the first part. Never, ever do that. But his father loved him and honored him and gave him this wonderful, beautiful, multicolored coat. Joseph was called, he was assisted, but his brothers had other plans. His brothers planned to plot and plotted, they planned and plotted, to kill their younger brother who had upset them, who had garnered their father's love when really they wanted to be number one. So that's where we're going to pick up in the Scripture we're reading tonight, Genesis 37, 
23 through 28, and then just 36. When Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped off of his long robe, took him, threw him into a cistern, an empty cistern with no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. They looked up. They saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with camels carrying sweet resin, medicinal resin, and fragrant resin on their way down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What do we gain if we kill our brother and hide his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let's not harm him because he's our brother. He's family. The brothers agreed. When the traders passed by, they pulled Joseph up out of the cistern. They sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph to Egypt. The Midianites had sold Joseph to the Egyptians, to Potiphar, Pharaoh's chief officer, commander of the royal guard. Just like some call stories are better than other call stories, some departure stories are better than other departure stories. Sometimes departures is just taking a step. Jesus was called out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and He departed into the wilderness. Jesus called Peter and Andrew from fishing to come follow Him, and they departed to follow Jesus. Joseph, on the other hand, did not have much say in his departure story. He sold into slavery, and he departs to a different world, to Egypt, away from his family and friends, to a place where he had no reason being and no desire to be. So he arrives in Egypt, and he is a bright and gifted young man. So he actually succeeds in whatever he does, but his journey sees a number of trials. Potiphar, the chief executive of uh, chief officer of the Pharaoh, grew to love and, and just appreciate Joseph. Joseph was gifted, just succeeded in whatever he did. But unfortunately for Joseph, Potiphar's wife also grew to appreciate Joseph for other reasons. And when she made a, uh, uh, some ill attention towards Joseph, Joseph said, no, this is my boss, I can't do that. And she said that he had assaulted her. He lied, she lied to her husband and said Joseph had tried to rape her. So Joseph ends up in prison. In prison. So he goes from being beaten and sold into slavery by his brothers to having his boss, boss's wife accuse him of assault and then ending up in jail. But he still has faith and he still trusts God amidst all of this chaos. And he actually thrives in jail. Through all of these trials, he actually continues to thrive. He makes friends with the warden. The warden gives him more responsibilities. He actually befriends prisoners who are there who have problems and he interprets their dreams. But he still remains in prison for a number of years. Many, many years. Until one day, there's an approach. He has an opportunity an opportunity to go before Pharaoh and to interpret a dream for Pharaoh. This would be an opportunity that meant maybe his freedom, meant maybe a new opportunity, maybe a return to his home, or an opportunity that would mean his death, his execution. Pharaohs were not, you know, didn't have to answer to anybody. So if the Pharaoh was upset, Joseph would be no more. And so there was fear, there was doubt, but 
as we know, Joseph goes before the Pharaoh, interprets his dream, and not only that, as his journey progresses, he becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt. And his family is saved and becomes exceptionally uh, welcomed in Egypt for hundreds of years because of what he did. So that's how it plays out, that phase, how that phase plays out in one of our Bible stories. Now let's look and see how it plays out in our own story, our own faith journeys. Last week we talked about two different types of faith journey, a common faith journey and then maybe individual or communal specific faith journeys. We all have one kind of common faith journey, and that is a call to be in relationship with God. Now we believe the first part of that is a call, that we are from our birth called into a relationship with God. We call that prevenient grace, that God is truly wanting, desiring, calling after us to come home. That's prevenient grace. We have assistance from the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, we had assistance through Jesus Christ, living, dying, and rising again for us so that we could even take this journey in the first place. And that brings us into the second phase, departure. Now, what is the special world in our common faith journey? Obviously, we do not leave earth when we become Christian. We do not enter another realm of being. So what's the difference? I believe when we finally become followers of Jesus Christ, when we answer that call and enter into that world, we do enter into a new type of world, separate but connected to our own. In the Bible, the writer John, writer of the Gospel and the letters named after him, he describes these two worlds as a world of darkness and a world of light. The world of darkness is the world that we live in, a world that there is uh, just uh, filled with war and hatred and death everywhere we turn. The world of light is God's world, a place of peace, hope, and love. I believe that even if it's for a moment, maybe it's for an extended period of time, when we answer our calls, we depart into that world of light so that we can experience what God has in store for us so that we may return because remember this is all about departing and then returning if you depart and then just go then there would be no point you have to come back to bring that light back into this world that's what the bible talks about that's what john talks about and we see that play out in our departures now departures are many fold i i talked about and i've talked about over the many years my call to ministry and how long that took, my call to return back to God, how long that took. But I finally answered my call when I was 20 years old. And I consider my conversion experience a departure. It was a time when I felt connected to that world that was apart from us, but yet here. And I experienced God's love and God's purpose and God's world fully in a moment, in a time. And I've had experiences again, because this is, you know, this is a cycle. It happens over and over and over again. That was a departure from our world to God's world. But departures can be very varied. I also departed into a world when I decided to go into ordained ministry. There is a world called ordained ministry that I had to go into. Our friend Jared Severing is completing CPE, clinical pastoral education. When I started my CPE several years ago, I entered into a very different, strange world working as a chaplain in a hospital for a summer. Many of us depart into different worlds, whether it's a new family or a new job, whether it's 
being called to be a missionary, whether it's called into just a different person's life or a different way of living, there are different types of departures. But departures tend to lead to the second part of this phase, which is a road of trials. Now we all face trials. After Jesus was called and He went into the wilderness, what happened? He was tempted, right? Many new Christians, Christians who uh, become close to Christ, feel temptation after they decide to follow Jesus. Now sometimes, as Joseph experienced, our trials are external. They seem to be happening around us. There's nothing we can do to prevent them. Now the story of Job, which many of us know, is kind of the epitome of that. All of these terrible things happen to Job that he has no control over. But he keeps his faith. He loses everything and things even get worse after he loses everything, but he perseveres. He trusts God. Even among doubts, even among questions, and that's a great book for doubting and questioning because he doubts and questions all throughout that book. All throughout that story. But he perseveres. He keeps talking. He keeps that dialogue going with God. Now trials are not always bad things. Trials can be any experience that challenges us. Trials can be any moment of doubt or reservation, uncertainty, any fear. Trials can be a roadblock in our way. The Avengers uh, faced trials from within. They fought each other. They fought themselves. After we leave to our adventure filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes the worst enemy that we can face is ourself. We slip back into our old ways. We fall back into what we want instead of what God is placed in front of us. Instead of following the path that God has set before us, we stray. We choose our way. A lot of times we just create our own trials. Now one important caveat to that before we continue to the approach phase. Now we all face trials, no matter what. That is part of human life. If you are Christian, you will face trials. If you are not Christian, you will face trials. If you are called to ministry or mission work in a remote part of Africa, you will face trials. If you sit at home on your couch eating potato chips, you will face trials. Trials are a part of life. And yes, any, anyone who has faced that has certainly faced trials. Now we may see the road that God has placed in front of us as something fearful, something that we don't want to approach. The difference between those two paths, whether we choose our way or God's way, is the type of approach we take. And that's the final part of our phase two. The hero faces their greatest fear or their biggest trial. In our common faith journey, this is often surrender. Surrender happens when we give everything over to God. Our life, our money, our career, our family, our addiction, whatever it is, that keeps us from being in relationship with God totally is what we need to give over. Now this is often a problem for us because we like to hold on to those things. We like to hold on to our stuff, our way of doing things, our way of living. And doing anything else can be terrifying. It can be challenging. And very truthfully, many people stop at this phase of their faith journey. Not everyone who claims that they're Christian has gone all around this faith journey. Many people stop right here at the approach. Because the next step, that surrender, 
is too challenging, too terrifying. Maybe they've been baptized. Maybe they've had a powerful conversion experience. Maybe they've gone on mission trips. Maybe they've overcome many trials. But to completely surrender, to completely give ourselves over to God 100% is what separates the fans from the followers. And we're going to talk about that extensively in our next series, All In. Now, this is not the end of our journey, but it does begin another phase if we are willing to surrender. And I'm not saying we do that perfectly, but we have to try. And then we do it again and again and again and again. And we ask for forgiveness when we fail. And God's grace is always present, allowing us to continue to try. But some people never try. Some people never even give it a chance. Now, the first phase of our journey was all about trusting God. As we enter into the second phase of our journey, we still have to trust God. That will never change in this pattern. But, There's other lessons to learn. Joseph was patient. He spent several years in prison, several years as a slave, but he continued to wait. He knew that trials would pass. Trials are temporary. Even if they seem like they're lasting forever, they will not. We are not forever. Our trials are not forever. Job knew that God was with him in his trials. And we have to remember that, that God is always with him or with us in our trials. He didn't understand why all these bad things were happening, but he believed that God was present. Now, I do not believe, generally speaking, that God sets trials in front of us to test us or make us better. I believe we do a pretty good job of that all by ourselves. Making trials for ourselves and making conflict for ourselves. But I believe no matter what from inside or outside, no matter what we face, God can strengthen us to get through, to persevere. When we're ready to give up, God can step in and encourage, strengthen, renew, transform. Whether it's our biggest fear, our greatest challenge, if we persist in prayer and trust of God, we can overcome. Anything that comes in our way won't always be easy. Definitely won't always be fun, but truly with God, anything is possible. Amen. Next week, we turn to crisis and how those moments play out in our lives and in our stories. And we'll conclude with the return. Let's transition now to our forwarding time. As we do that, I want to uh, remind you to uh, continue to be in prayer for all those who are traveling, for those who cannot be here. Uh, Continue to pray for our world where conflict seems inevitable, where uh, growing uh, disease and growing instability is uh, just part of our day-to-day lives. We look to ways to end this as we look to end malaria in Africa. Now Ebola is coming In the forefront, we'll have to find ways to combat that and other things as they do, as we always have. So we ask that we continue to pray in all that we do. We center ourselves in prayer. So let us pray now as we transition to our forwarding time. Almighty God, you call us into a world of adventure. 
We ask that you give us ears to hear your call. Give us hearts of courage to follow it. Help us listen with others for their call. We know that you set us on a road filled with many trials. Allow trials to teach and strengthen us. Give us compassion for the trials of others. Let us walk together down the road you set before us. Lord, you give us new life. You transform us from the inside out. You give us gifts to better this world. Let us help each other use our gifts. Let us not be afraid, but trust in you always. So that our world may be your world. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who you sent into our world. Amen.